0: Good morning, everyone. Yes, Devin's taking a break. But I'm his mom. Does that count? Okay, come on now. Okay, well, we're going to start a new series this morning called Protecting Innocence. And um, I'm excited about this. And um, before I start, if any of you missed Devon's series last week called Playing With Fire. You want to get on the church app and watch it. He did a great job. If you don't have that app, I think it's uh, Grace Church of Alma. Just go to the app store. If you don't have a smartphone, you can go to our newly remodeled website. Woohoo! <laughs> great job, Zach and Tiffany. Great Job doing the pictures but anyway you can go there to gracealma.org and you can watch uh, that series so for the next four weeks we're going to be teaching about how we can protect our most precious gifts from God and that's our children and uh, today I'm going to talk about one of the most powerful ways we can protect our children and that's through prayer so let's go ahead and start with prayer amen Father God, I just thank you right now, Lord God, that you are the one that guides us and lead us on how we can protect our children, how we can shape their lives for your plans and purposes. So, Father, I pray today that you would give me the right words, Father God. Give me your heart, because there's many parents here this morning that need your guidance. They need a little bit of a... Uh, refresher course, maybe, or just some tips on how do we protect our children in this world that we live in today. So, Father, I just thank you for your Holy Spirit and for him just leading and guiding this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if we're totally honest, all of us here would say that we look at the world as a very scary and dangerous world. Yes, yes, it can be. And especially when it comes to our children and grandchildren, we get so afraid about what the future might hold for them. And all of us here, whether you have children or not, you can name All the scary things that could happen to our kids. And I'm not going to name them because there's too many and it's just a a depressing way to start a message, okay? (laughs) But I know you know many of them. And the truth of the matter is, we live in a broken world. And um, bad things really do happen, right? We read about it, uh, we see it on TV. And so fear begins to surround us everywhere, especially concerning our children. And honestly, okay, let's be honest, we are in church. (laughs) Right? Thank you. Honestly, it's really difficult sometimes to resist that trap of fearing for our kids' welfare and for their future. You know, when our babies are toddlers, we, much, uh, we very much rule and control their world, and rightly so. Amen? I mean, we as parents want to keep them safe. We want to fix every problem. We want to heal that boo-boo and take care of that problem that they might have. We even anticipate all the risks and the obstacles that could come their way and so we try to eradicate or remove each one before they even experience it. And by the way, we also want to make sure that their lives go in the right direction. Now I'm going to tell you something. Those are not bad things, but we are not superhero heroes and we do not have superpowers. But we know someone who does have some superpowers, right? Thank God. Thank God because you're going to need and I need his power daily, his grace, his divine ability to raise our children to fulfill their God-given calling on this life and to be nice people too, (laughs) to be good people. And so... um, You know, the sad thing is there comes a time when they are out of your sight and beyond your reach. There comes a time when they start to grow up and spread those little tiny wings even before you think they're ready to do it, right? And they begin to pull away from us. Oh, I hate that. They begin to pull away from us and they want their independence and many times, as mommies and daddies, you know they're not ready for it. And let me tell you, mamas of boys, raise your hand if you're in the house, and you've got boys. I'm not trying to scare you or anything. <laughs> but <laughs> little boys, they ache for that independence away from their mama, and it comes sooner and stronger than it does with little girls. And that's not a sexist remark. That's an experienced mother of three boys. Okay, just telling you. So start praying now if they're little. And if they're grown, well, it's never too late. But my point really is that there is no way that we're able to secure the safety of our children 24-7. I mean, it will drive you insane. I speak from experience again. So no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be able to, to do that. And uh, we've got we to face that fact. And, you know, our arms can only reach so far, right? Our arms can only reach so far. So there's going to come a time that you are not going to be there to protect them. And let me tell you, ladies, I don't know, we we do a better job of this. I don't know if it's because we have um, better imaginations than the guys, I don't know. (sighs) When they go off to kindergarten, Nisa, (laughs) oh my gosh, that's really for me was the first letting go and say, ah, he's out of my reach what do I do? And um, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you think you're going to still be able to control their lives like you did when they were little. I remember when each of my children took the car out on their very own. I was a nervous wreck thinking of all the worst case scenarios. And of course, Devon fulfilled one of those scenarios. So bad things do happen. Uh, he was, it was your car, though. And, well, it was your fault for letting your friend drive it. So, you know, that car ended up in a ditch, and Jason Kimes' dad pulled him out and his friends. From a creek. From a creek. Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. From a creek. It was raining. I think that was your friend's excuse. Oh my gosh, you know, I was already planning the funeral. <laughs> we do that. Planning funerals that are not supposed to happen right away. But that's what we, we mamas do. So your fears for your children can overwhelm you and they can make you want to lock them up in the house and throw the key away. But I think that would be cause for neglect and someone to come to your home. So. You can't do it. That's not reality. We cannot keep them within our grasp 24-7. So what's a parent to do? Do you put your child in a little plastic bubble and hope nothing harms them? You know, I wanted to keep my kids at home. I think that was the driving force between, uh, uh, for homeschooling. Even though I love homeschooling, and I'm glad I did it, but I was glad when they got on the bus. When <laughs> that time God said they can go back to school, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Um, please protect them. But, you know, you can't keep them home forever. So the first thing that I want you to do is to turn to prayer, turn to God because his arm is never too short. All right. He can go where you can't go. He's with them when you're not with them. He cares. And if we can get this understanding, he cares about your kids even more than you care about them. And frankly, I think they're in better hands than in my own sometimes. You know, I, um, I was reading this story about this mom in the Bible, and we don't talk about her a lot, but it's Moses' mom. And she had a challenge in that she had to entrust the care of her little baby boy to God. And if you remember the story, she hid him for three months, but she came to that point where she realized she could no longer protect her little baby boy. And so she had a plan, and I believe it, we know, it was a God plan. She put that baby boy into that little basket and she watched him float down the Nile River. Makes me wanna cry. Could we entrust the care of our children to God in that way. Now, he's not going to ask you to do that. (sighs) Thank the Lord. But all I can imagine is what could have been going through her mind. Now, I have a great imagination for these what ifs. Oh my gosh, what if an alligator comes? (laughs) All right? Okay. What if the wind blows just a little? And tips that little basket over. I mean, what if he drowns? A bird comes and pecks him to death. I mean, we can go there, right? But somehow I believe that she knew that God had a plan for her baby boy. She knew that he was safer in his hands than in her own. And so we know the end of the story was that God orchestrated a plan and that Pharaoh's daughter would be bathing in the Nile or whatever she was doing, taking a swim, just at the right time as that little baby boy comes floating along in the basket. And so she decides to raise raise that little baby boy And it doesn't end there. See, God can orchestrate the plan of, his plan in your children's lives better than you can. I don't know why it's human nature for us to want to control even our children's destinies. But we can't do it because it it is in the hands of God and he can do it better than you or me. That's one thing I never prayed. I never prayed what my children should do. I prayed the plan of God for their lives to come to pass and that he would bring it to pass, not me manipulating and making it happen. Amen? So the awesomeness of this whole thing that God orchestrated was that Pharaoh's daughter hired Moses' mom to help raise him and take care of him. How awesome is God? Come on now, he's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. He can do that for your children today. Amen? Do you believe that? Thank you. Someone believes it. And so, um, one of the first things we need to do is trust his plan for our children and uh, know that their future is securely in his hands and not ours. So, one of the ways we can protect them is by taking advantage of the most powerful tool that God has given us as believers and that is the power of prayer. And yes, there is scripture in my message. So James 5:16 and it should be up there pretty soon. James 5:16 and it's in the New Living Translation. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And I like what the Amplify says. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I'm so glad God didn't say a perfect man or woman, okay? Okay. A righteous man doesn't mean that your life is perfect. It means you have right standing with God because you trust in him. You have a relationship. It's about your position in Christ. And, you know, I believe that scripture with all my heart because I have seen it work in the lives of my family time and time again. I don't think we realize that our prayers are a force to be reckoned with. I don't understand why God chooses to partner with us in that way. When you pray, you're partnering with God to establish his kingdom here on earth, to establish his will here on earth. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray to the Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so he has given us, whether you're parents or not, That type of power to release for our kids through prayer. It's through prayer. It is through prayer. Amen? I can tell you now, all the preaching in the world sometimes and telling them this and that is not as effective as if you get on your knees and you pray and God begins to download his wisdom to you and then you can go share and say, hey, that's God. Now, whether they receive it or not, that's another thing. It's so much easier. Sometimes you feel powerless at times to protect your kids, but God is never powerless, and he's giving you the ability to access his power. you got to believe it through prayer. And um, one thing I just want to say right here, right now is that there's a battle going on for the hearts of our children, for the hearts of the, all the children in this generation that we're living in. Always has been. You read in the Bible, Daniel got kidnapped. He got kidnapped, but he still didn't let the culture that he was uh, living in to affect him. And I have to believe that was prayers going forth. I have to believe that that was a result of prayer. And so there's a battle going on and we can't fight this battle with natural weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 4 says the weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world but on the contrary, contrary they have divine power to destroy and demolish strongholds. So the best way that we can protect our children is by praying for them. And I'm just going to share some things. Um, Oh, I got 25 minutes. Gosh. I'm going to share some things that I've learned, that Pastor and I have learned about praying for our children. And... um, it's, it was hard not to have like a hundred things to tell you because that's how good and faithful God has been to us. Not because we're special, because we prayed for our kids. And... Um, now i Oh, here we go. I found my place. One of the first things that we learned is to invite the Holy Spirit to help you pray for your children. Invite the Holy Spirit to help you pray for your children, especially if they're facing problems that you're concerned about. John 16 says the Holy Spirit is our helper and we need help when we're raising kids. Amen? And he's our counselor. He can guide you and give you wisdom that you don't have. And a lot of the things that... I saw the Holy Spirit do on behalf of my kids, uh, our kids. I I wasn't alone, I had some help. Um, I knew was not our wisdom. I mean, I'm not dumb, but I'm not that smart either, that I could think of some of those things that he would tell us when we prayed. I don't know how many of you know, I was a single parent for about eight years and when my daughter was 13 she was in major rebellion and if if you're watching this i'm sorry for having to tell your story again (laughs) she's always like mom why do you have to tell this story i said you just gave me so much material as you were growing up i mean i really didn't know i was going to be preaching but man when i look back i have a lot to say and you helped me so i don't know But I wasn't a Christian when I raised her for those seven uh, years of her life. And uh, so she was rebelling in a major way. And Pastor and I, we did everything we could think of. We grounded her. We took things away from her. We threatened to lock her in her room. That didn't work. She ran away. And um, um, I, I threatened to send her back to her biological dad, and he didn't want to do that. So that didn't work. I yelled and I cried and I fought with her constantly. Constantly. By the way, did I mention we were youth pastors? (laughs) Don't judge me because I know some stuff goes on in your homes too. (laughs) Right? Let's just lay it out there. None of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. But I sure did have questions about, why are we, pastors, God? I think we are so totally disqualified. (laughs) But let me give you a tip. When you're dealing with a rebellious child, remember this one thing. They are not your enemy. It will feel like it. It will look like it. You feel like they were sent from hell just to ruin and destroy your life. I was like, where did this child come from? Why is this happening? You are good people now, <laughs> you know, we're serving God. Is it possible for Christian parents to have problems with their children? Yes. Gosh, please be honest. Yes. But we have something the world doesn't have. We have God that will forgive us when we ask him for forgiveness, when we yelled or threw something at them. Sorry, Devin. (laughs) I think it was a Bible, too. Anyway. Listen, don't put us on pedestals, people. We're learning and growing just like you. And I have to say, I don't do those things anymore. But thank God for Ian. He was so easy. Some children are just sent to you so that you can grow and mature and, you know. Put your focus, they're not the real enemy, put your focus on the real enemy and that's the devil. You know he is there to, he has assignments and strategies and plans to destroy their life but thank God he has a plan that's greater than the devil's plan and it's your job as mom and dad to pray the plan of God to come about in your child's life. It's your responsibility, it isn't the preachers or the youth pastors, it is our responsibility. Amen? Let me read you this scripture. It's so awesome in the Message Bible. Bear with me. It's a little wordy. It's the Message um, version, but you, if you listen, will get something from this. Ephesians 6, 10 and 18. Maybe that will be on the screen. Ephesians 6, 10 and 18. Okay, if it's not, no condemnation back there. Okay, Let's, let's listen. And that about wraps it up. God is strong and wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to anything the devil throws your way or your children's way. Amen? This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. It's warfare, okay? That's my little two cents. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devil and all his angels. That right there is the problem. That right there is the enemy, okay? Be prepared. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued, so when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them, not only in your life, this is me talking, but in your children's life, all right? teach them how to apply it you'll need them throughout your life god's word is an indispensable weapon that is another weapon that is so powerful is the word of god in the same way prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare pray hard and long Pray for your brothers and sisters, keep your eyes open, keep each other's spirits up, that no one falls behind or drops out. The enemy, like I said, has a plan for your child, but you are not defenseless and you are not powerless if you make the choice to pray on behalf of your children. I'm gonna go back to the story about my 13 year old and again, there's so many to tell. But I just want to show you how the Holy Spirit works when you let him, okay? We came to a point where it was beyond our control, beyond our ability and our own wisdom on how to help her. And I was desperate for God to do something on behalf of my daughter. Um, Desperation, listen, don't wait until there's a crisis, but desperation When there is a crisis, it can do two things. It can either drive you and your spouse apart, or it can bring you and your spouse, if you're married, together in unity to pray and battle the real enemy. Because when there's strife in the home, okay, all kinds of evil goes on and confusion, and the enemy would like nothing, but to destroy a family, and so desperation caused me to do some desperate things on behalf of my daughter. You know, sometimes um, when things are happening, that your child is having some real um, problems and rebellion sometimes we talk about the problem more than we pray about the problem. We worry about the problem be, you know, more than we pray about it. And you're wasting a lot of energy because it's not productive. All it does is produce more fear and worry and more confusion and strife. You have to come together and you have to come to God and you have to plead for your child Because there's a lot at stake for your child's future. And so don't let prayer be a last option. Let prayer be the first thing you do. Because I can guarantee you, because we did it the wrong way too. Okay, I can guarantee you, you're going to have more headaches. And you're not going to have his wisdom. You're going to try things and they're not going to work. You're going to grow frustrated. I grew depressed. I mean, it's a battle. And why waste all that precious energy when you can just go to God and he can give you wisdom on how to pray and how to handle every situation. So I began to ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom and he began to show me how to pray for her. And sometimes he led me to scripture to pray and declare over her. And this is my Bible that I had when Vanessa was a teenager. Uh, Part of the Bible starts in Genesis 12. I don't know if I threw this one at her either. But... I started journaling in the 80s when it wasn't the popular thing like it is now. I didn't know what that was. I just knew I have to write down what the Holy Spirit tells me. And I have to write down the promises that he gave me to war against and to stand on when I wanted to quit. And say, go ahead, live your life the way you want to. but I love my daughter too much and you love your kids too much to do that. And, you know, scripture's like, um, all my children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of my children. There was no peace on my daughter. You pray things that you don't see and you trust them into God's hands and he, he will bring them about. And another thing, when I looked at my daughter and everything she was doing and all the heartache that she has been causing us, it was hard to pray. These scriptures will help you to see them the way God sees them, not the way they are, the way he knows they're going to be. And so you continue to pray this. Vanessa had a hard time. Um, I mean, she wanted... um, Larry to be her her daddy, but she had a hard time because of what happened in her life before we got married. So one of my prayers was that he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of Vanessa to her father. He did that when she was, what, eighth grade? High school, I don't know. She wanted to be adopted by him. Power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. So, other times, you know, and this is no formula. When you ask the Holy Spirit on the behalf of your child, he will give you strategies and plans that are different from what he gave me or someone else. You can always learn from people's experiences, but you have to go to God yourself for his plan. And so, sometimes he led me to pray in a room. And over her belongings. Oh, and he led me to some things, let me tell you. <laughs> I had no problem reading her diary. <laughs> when, when you're in sin, okay, everything's fair game. That's the kind of mom I was. <laughs> and um, other times I prayed in the spirit <clears throat> because I didn't know what to pray, I didn't have any words left. I just had a lot of tears. You know, Romans 8 says that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. And when we do not know how to pray, he will, with groanings uh, that cannot be expressed, that he will pray for us. That's another reason why your prayer language language is so important. Sometimes you don't have words in English. You just don't have words. And I'm going to tell you something. I would go in his presence even when I couldn't say anything. I was so upset, blamed God in a lot of ways, but I still went in his presence. I might've been crying or angry or whatever, but I said, God, this is where I am. Help me. He wants that from you. He doesn't want you to wait till it's all nice and pretty because sometimes that's a long time. Go to him anyway. All right? It's grace for you. So like I said, too many stories to tell of how miraculous the Holy Spirit was in guiding and leading us on how to um, help our child. And so I will just tell you one that was very memorable. Not the one where she ran away and you went to, uh, what was it, that amusement park in Tulsa, and he, he was strong. He had her on his back, and she was yelling. Help, he's not my daddy. And it was just like the Red Sea parted. Everybody knew she was, you know, hey, this man is a parent and she's going to get a whooping. I can laugh now. But, um, okay, what's that story? Okay. So, um... Oh, I don't know. Somehow this all got messed up. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you the story. Uh, one night she came home from a party and she was high. Yeah. She told me later that was the first time. I don't know if I believe her, but hey. So the me back then would have went off on her. I mean to tell you. I would have gone crazy on her. Thank God for the Holy Spirit, and I had been praying. I had been interceding and warring on her behalf. I'm telling you, hours, hours praying for that girl. And um, instead, the Holy Spirit prompts my heart, and all that it is saying, that he laid something on my heart on what to do. And I knew it was him because I wouldn't have done it. He He told me to ask her to sit down on the couch. And so I told her I wanted to talk with her. So she's telling me, trying to explain what happened that night. And so I am listening. And then I hear, again, not a voice. I hear uh, like a prompting again on my heart, rub her feet. Now, God's not always spiritual. You know what I'm saying? That's That's a weird thing. That's a practical thing. He says, rub her feet. Now, what you don't know is that my daughter always wanted me to rub her feet. That was the way she felt loved and connected to me. I hated to rub feet. I still do today. That's where Devin gets it. Sorry, Nisa. I knew it was God because I didn't want to do it. But I obeyed God, rubbed her feet she's high, I'm rubbing her feet, you got it? (laughs) And so, I'm rubbing her feet, and all of a sudden, she starts to cry, and it just seemed like she started to sober up, and God gave me his words to speak over her, and she repented, and she rededicated her life to the Lord. She still had consequences because that's how I am. But (laughs) that was a turning point in her life. Now, from that point forward, did everything go a okay Not always. But it was a whole lot better than it was. Amen? That's what the Holy Spirit can do when you allow him to help you with your children. Let me tell you this also, when you have a rebellious child, they're just not hateful and from the devil. They're from God, they're a gift from God. But there has been a wound. More than likely, there's a wounded heart, okay? And with my daughter, she was rejected from me and her dad, her biological dad, and her life was so hard those first eight years. She had a wound, and that night God began to heal it. And so I just want to encourage you, just know that there's a reason. God can show you the root. And if you don't get that answer right away, don't give up. Keep on praying, because God will reveal it one way or the other to you. Um, I know... um, well, I was just going to say the Holy Spirit, this shows how much of an important role he shows, I mean, that he plays in our lives, um, in our children's lives. And Devin mentioned last Sunday that when his friends wanted to go out and get into some trouble, they wouldn't let him go because, you know, his parents would always find out. And uh, one time I overheard my daughter on the phone. She was talking to her friend who wanted her to sneak out. But I heard her say, yeah, I, I was always listening. <laughs> Ian has it easy. (laughs) So um, I heard her say, no, I can't do that. Because the last time I tried sneaking out, before I could even do it, my mom knew. And so my mom and dad find out everything, so I'm not doing it. So um, I just had to la- laugh and, you know, we didn't know about everything. I later find out, Devin tells me, not bad things, just like he went under the t- city that we lived in in the tunnels and, you know, things I didn't want to know about when he was younger. He got hit by a, a young adult, punched out, got in a fight. I didn't want to know that back then. And so I'm finding them out right now. So... <laughs> Oh, your pastor's changed. Wait a minute. You don't get equal time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Five more minutes. Okay. And so, um, no, we're not psychic. All right? No, we're not special. No, it's not because we're ministers. Okay? I wasn't even a minister back then. We were parents that were on our knees battling on behalf of our children. And if you remember anything... That's where we belong. That is our sole responsibility is to battle um, on our knees. And you know, one thing I like about James five sixteen. as I hurry up, you know, it says the earnest prayer of a righteous man was great power, has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. But he prayed that rain would no rain would fall, and it didn't for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, and then it did rain. He was human. God heard his prayers and answered. Okay, He can do the same for you. Um, One other quick tip: when you're praying for your children, write your prayers down. We're human; we forget. Okay, we have to have that in front of us so we can remember what we're praying for. But the other thing is, and I love journaling for this reason, is that you could go back and you could see the faithfulness of God and how he answered your prayers, and it will encourage you when you begin to doubt that God's going to do it again. I'm telling you, it is the most awesome thing to see what he's done before, and it gives you faith that he will do it again for you. Um, I can tell you of when Devin had jaundice and he was going into surgery and he had the highest bilirubin count and, and the doctors said, listen, this is the highest they've seen in Tulsa, it was at the City of Faith. And he said, if he makes it through the surgery, he's going to be spastic or deaf. It's going to be spastic like a cerebral palsy child or deaf. And so that was the prognosis. So what my husband did is said, they said, do you have any questions? My husband said, no, but can I pray for you? We prayed for the doctors and everything we prayed for, you know, they had to do a blood transfusion. Back then, I don't think they were screening that blood. And, and I mean, they were just beginning. So we had to plead, you know, over, you know, the blood of Jesus in his veins and we, everything we prayed that he would not be deaf, that he would not be spastic, that he would live and not die to declare the works of God. And, of course, you can see he's not spastic, I don't think. But anything here? Anything here? You know, one last thing. All of you, most of you know we have a son with seizures and, so, and autism. So what do you do when prayer doesn't, doesn't get answered right, right away? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I got depressed and angry at God and for several years dropped out of church and blamed him For what happened to Sean. God was not to blame. But I am so thankful. That I one day woke up. With the help of my husband. Preaching an anointed message. And God used it to heal my heart. But God's grace is there for us. We don't understand why some people. They receive healing quickly. Or their prayers answered. And a lot of other folks has to walk through it. God has done tremendous things in Sean's life. And I'm believing he will continue to. You can get weary. I got weary. I stopped praying for him for a while, just recently. And then God, just something stirred my heart again. And it was the Holy Spirit. Don't give up. He has come so far. God has brought him so far. He has made such progress I'm gonna believe till the day we are with Jesus. Either he's healed here or he's healed there, but what my prayer for Sean has done has changed me, has changed my perspective of him being a blessing and not a burden, not a curse, not something that has been sent to me to ruin my life. He was sent to us from God Even if he isn't totally whole according to the world's standards, God still has a plan for his life. God still uses Sean today. Amen? So don't give up on how impossible it might look. Don't quit praying for your children. Amen? Well, this morning, I don't feel like a pastor today. If I'm about five years old, I'm a... You guys stand with me this morning?